Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway on this Wednesday edition. The eve of the NFL draft is upon us. Plenty to discuss. A big show planned. No Chad Withrow today. He has the day off as they honor his uncle, the late Richard Anderson, who passed away recently. Our thoughts and prayers with the Withrow family uh, and everyone involved in the services today. We hope everything goes as well as possible. Uh, Jam-packed show throughout the next three hours. Mike Girardi, um, NFL reporter and analyst, will join us in 20 minutes. We'll dive into the top topics of the day and of what's going to set up a busy weekend for the NFL. He joins us in 20 minutes. We'll lead off in just a moment with the headlines from Aaron Rodgers and then dive into the quarterback discussion atop this draft. Primary complaint each and every Wednesday, and that's in 45 minutes from right now. Davey and I locked and loaded, ready to go. Shannon Terry, the owner, the founder, the CEO of On3 Sports in studio with us in hour number two. Discussion from Colorado and the transfer portal to five stars in high school and how that translates to the first round of the NFL draft and the four years in between. Shannon started the system back in the day with rivals. He joins us now with On3. That'll come, come up in hour number two. Uh, Mike Jarecki, longtime reporter, for the Arizona Cardinals, longtime radio host, uh, writer for the big newspapers in the Phoenix area. He's now with the Arizona Football Daily website and podcast. He'll give us the scoop on what's happening at pick number three, because if Houston goes quarterback at two, Arizona reports are, are not fielding a lot of calls or at least legitimate offers for a team looking to trade up to the third spot to get ahead of Indianapolis. We'll find out why. We'll find out if DeAndre Hopkins is going to be traded this weekend and much more. Uh, Mike Jarecki, one of the best that covers the Cardinals with us later in the show. And Clay Travis each and every Wednesday in hour number three. The headline in the NFL right now as we speak is the man speaking, Aaron Rodgers, who is officially, as announced today, with the New York Jets, the trade uh, from Green Bay to New York. Last night, he sends out his goodbye, his farewell to Green Bay Packers fans. Starts out the long Instagram post by giving out a ton of thank yous. Everyone from Ted Thompson, who drafted him, to even Brian Gutenkist, who they certainly had their back and forth two off-seasons ago on whether or not the two could be compatible and how much power the star quarterback had in Green Bay. Thanks, everyone, and then ends by saying a very heartfelt message to the Green Bay Packers fans saying, this is not the end. We, I, I will be back. I'm always going to be a Green Bay Packer. And the organization has handled this the right way, too. They have allowed him to go out on his terms here with what he wanted to say. They have followed up by saying virtually the same thing, that eventually there will come a time and place where number 12 is retired at Lambeau Field. He's not number 12 in New York. He's leaving that for Broadway Joe, even though Joe Namath 
gave the blessing to Rodgers to wear 12, he said, no, this is Broadway Joe's team. Number 12 is his number. I'm going back to the college number of number eight. And sitting with reporters, says he can't wait to work with them one-on-one, which is, you know, laugh number one of the presser. He then goes on to start the presser by saying he wanted to play for a team that is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, loves what they've built with the young nucleus and the core with the Jets, which is why he wanted to be in Gang Green. He also said he plans on being there for the foreseeable future. I mentioned yesterday, the Jets have signed up for this now. Green Bay passed on the annual offseason saga, at least this year, and for the foreseeable future for the rest of Rodgers' career. But the Jets will be back in this predicament a year from now because that's just how the world turns with number 12 turn number 8 in Rodgers, the future Hall of Famer. He says that the Super Bowl three trophies a little lonely on the shelf. He knows the expectations. His career has produced the same amount of Super Bowls as the New York Jets organization. And he's looking at Super Bowl three and pointing to it saying, I understand what the expectations are coming in. And rightfully so. Look at the, the lineup around him with Garrett Wilson, the offensive rookie of the year. They have brought in McCole Hardiman. They brought in Alan Lazard. Corey Davis remains on the roster, although he could be moved or could be a cap casualty whenever they start to maneuver and get below the cap for the regular season. Denzel Mims remains there. And, and other options at wide receiver. Solid offensive line that they've tried to build up over the last two years. They're back healthy. So is Brees Hall in the backfield. Um, and, oh, by the way, the defense is legit with the defensive-minded head coach. I love what they've done in New York. They were a veteran quarterback away. And now it is Super Bowl or bust. It is championship-level expectations for a team that was just having expectations of trying to make the postseason for the first time since 2010. And Rodgers, at least for the most part, is embracing that in some of the quotes that are, are coming out with with the, the presser today with the New York media. Um, and just a, another side note where Brian Gutengast uh, this past offseason said, hey, I, we spoke at the end of the season, he and Rodgers. They said they were going to keep in touch. I haven't been able to get in touch with him. Rodgers isn't picking up the phone. Both sides were saying that. Rodgers was asked about that today. And he said, people who know me, I'm fortunate to live in a beautiful house. The only downside is I have very limited cell service. If you want to get a hold of me, I need to see your face. You have to FaceTime me. Again, it would have been nice to have those conversations at the same time over the last few years. I kind of understood that they may not happen, so it's different. Um, and that's coming from the general manager, Brian Gutenkist. It is what it is. There's a finality to it today. And Rogers is finally official in New York facing the New York media for the first time with a city and a fan base and really everyone across the league expecting them to jump right in and compete. But keep in mind, he's in the AFC now. There is a list of strong quarterback play, a who's who among the league, and teams that have been there and done that far more often than what Rodgers did in Green Bay out of the NFC. Can they go through MetLife? Sure. They're already in a tough division with Buffalo, Miami, and New England. But beyond that, you have to contend with Cincinnati, Kansas City, and others. But he's going to be held to the highest standard because this is a team ready to compete and win 
and he instantly puts them in the same stratosphere, in the same atmosphere as the quarterbacks mentioned with the teams that are atop the AFC. RG3 wants to say that the Packers fleece them, but RG3 is also saying, hey, the Jets are now a Super Bowl contender. I don't know how you fleece a team in a trade when you're also on the other side of the coin saying, yeah, but the team that traded for Rodgers is a Super Bowl contender. That is, in fact, true. They did flip and improve their first-round pick this year. They moved up two spots, 15 to 13, Green Bay. They did receive a second-round pick this year from New York, pick 42. The Jets still have pick 43. They had back-to-back picks, one of them coming from a trade they made with the Cleveland Browns. So they still, the Jets, have a first-round pick at 15 and their second-round pick in a trade that was previous with Cleveland. So they can also improve. They're already strong nucleus and a strong talent core to help out whatever Aaron Rodgers may need and what he evaluates on the offensive line and elsewhere. Point being, I don't see a team that was fleeced. I don't see a Green Bay Packers team that was fleeced either because I don't blame them for throwing in the towel on the saga, knowing that you've got to figure out if Jordan Love is the heir apparent officially and knowing that you have to progress and just go forward with a plan instead of wondering for the foreseeable future if Aaron Rodgers is going to go back into his cave and decide if he wants to play football. Because right before he did that this offseason, he said he was 90% leaning towards retirement, not playing for anyone. So Green Bay, I guess, does win in that regard. They are able to press forward and send out their thank yous and know that number 12 will be back in the, in the retirement phase as a Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer and a Pro Football Hall of Famer to join the greats that have played for the organization. They, they handled this the right way on both sides with the statements made, and now it's about, in Rodgers' case, championships and having more than one to put him in a different era and a different shelf of how we'll remember him, just like Peyton did when he moved from Indianapolis to, to Denver. And from Green Bay's case, it's time to go find the next one, and they've been pretty good at it. So... At least to this point, I commend both for getting it done and handling it the way they did uh, throughout the process, even though it felt like a lengthy one, almost as long as this entire draft process. The, the odds remain the same. Davey, you and I were discussing this prior to the show. Odds remain the same. Bryce Young, still the heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick tomorrow night to the Carolina Panthers. Will Levis remains the odds-on favorite for the second overall pick. And I think... Houston goes quarterback, and I think they go with Will Levis. I don't know why they're overthinking it to the point with C.J. Stroud. There have been a lot of you know, things to buy into, a lot of hype, overhype, overanalyzing, things that have been covered to a point that is more clickbait than anything else. But in regards to the storylines of these quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Low S2 cognitive score. Awful. Okay. Um, Played with a ton of talent at Ohio State. Of course he did. Will Levis. Lack of talent around him. But he's the prototypical size and stature and everything you want in a build around a franchise quarterback. Okay. Cool. Anthony Richardson. Lack of experience. No doubt. Athletic. Yes. Highest ceiling of this group. 
I believe so, also has the lowest floor. That's why it's difficult to, in a season where you've got to go find your guy, to say for sure he's the guy whenever he needs more time to develop behind a veteran. Hendon Hooker, his age. His age, system quarterback, um, whether or not he's going to be a full-time starter or just a career backup, that debate has happened as well. But the one quarterback we haven't really discussed that should be more at the forefront of the conversation, at least it would be for me in Carolina, is Bryce Young and his size. I think that does play a factor in how we view quarterbacks moving forward in the NFL. Officially weighed in at 204 pounds, I believe, at the NFL Combine. 5'10 and an eighth. So he's 5'10. People want to say he's 5'9. He's 5'10, 204. Weighed in at about 10 pounds heavier than what he was listed at as Alabama. And I think we all know, and when you see him in person, it's jarring just how small the guy is. 5'10", 204 would put him around Kyler Murray's stature. He's much smaller than that. And I think that does play a factor in what is a very unforgiving National Football League when it comes to mobile quarterbacks and moving guys out of the pocket. I would have questions, really tough questions in the draft room about are we drafting the quarterback, maybe, maybe the best quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback of the crop. Are we drafting a quarterback that we can say, this dude's going to be with us for 17 games a regular season. I don't think you can. Kyler Murray can't say that. Tua Tagovailoa can't say that. The smaller stature quarterbacks are few and far between to have the longevity of a Drew Brees. And the investment being made by Carolina to move up, trade up with Chicago, and to pay that price, they have to be certain that they can protect him. He hasn't been banged up in college but college doesn't always translate to the pros in regards to injuries. It's just a different game. I would take Bryce Young just like I think Carolina's going to. But I'm hesitant to say, you know what? He's the surefire number one selection because as a number one pick, I need my guy, at least in my mind, injuries happen. But I can, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet that Bryce Young isn't going to pay, play the, the full 17-game slate just because of his size and He's going to take a beating. It's rookies do. Carolina's not set to win and win now. And this is a gradual process for Frank Reich and Caldwell and Tepper, who's, who has said to put a lot of stock in that S2 test where Young knocked it out of the park. The guy can be a superstar. He handles himself like a franchise quarterback. But franchise quarterbacks, for the longevity of the league, find a way, and it is a skill set, find a way to stay healthy. And with his size, I'm not so sure that's going to be the case. When you compare him to Stroud, Levis, Richardson, those guys may have an unbelievable fall and have and, and what could be considered a bust. But Young's going to be held to a higher standard based on the number one overall pick. And based on the size, we could see the, the last of the small quarterbacks being valued as high as what we're seeing it this year. You can join us in the chat. Outkick is where you can find us, uh, outkick.com, but also uh, join us in the chat on YouTube. We hope you'll subscribe while you're there. The, all all the, the great shows across the Outkick network are available to you, both live and on demand. And in the chat, you can give your opinion on the quarterback lineup. Is Will Levis going number two overall? What happens at number three with Arizona? Are they not going to be able to trade out of pick number three? 
seems like it would be a perfect scenario for them and for another team to want to get ahead of Indianapolis at four who's going to take a quarterback. Those two questions we're going to try to answer today. And then after the top four picks are announced tomorrow night, does the draft really start to get going defensively? We'll try to break some of these big topics down and we'll get back into Aaron Rodgers and some things he's been saying to the media today in his introductory news conference with the New York Jets and the organization that has just traded for the future Hall of Famer in hopes of winning a Super Bowl. Mike Girardi will be on deck and a lot of football discussion headed your way today on Hot Mike. Hang with us. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Coming up, we'll discuss the teams who control the first round. There are several teams with multiple picks tomorrow night in the first round. Welcome back. Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Hutton with you, Withrow with the day off. He'll be back with us tomorrow as we will preview all things NFL draft as we're doing right now. Mike Girardi joins us, NFL host and analyst. Great to have you on, Mike. Hope things are well. Doing all right, man. How are you? Do, doing very well. What's some of the takeaways initially from what you've seen from the Rodgers presser with the Jets? About par for the course or, I mean, personally, I like the fact that he goes in and acknowledges Super Bowl three and says, hey, I'm here to win, and I know exactly why they wanted a veteran, and I know why I wanted to play for this team. Yeah, I mean, look, Aaron's a smart dude. Uh, sometimes he wants everybody to know that he's a smart dude, but I think <laughs> he understands the history of the Jets and what he's being brought there to do. Like, look, they gave up a decent amount for a guy who's an aging quarterback, right, but who's only two years removed from an MVP. You look at that roster, and I said they're defensively, I think they're already championship-caliber defense. I think they showed you that last year some of the even performances they had late in the year when they sort of went south as a team because the offense couldn't get out of their own way. You know, they went to Buffalo and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Bills. Mike White's got fractured ribs, and they were in that game in December in Buffalo. Like, they showed me a lot, even with how things went at the end of the year. So, to me, he comes in there, and if he even gives them what he gave Green Bay last year, which by his standards was not good, uh, they're a playoff team. And then if he gives them something more than that, then we start having them – 
be in the conversation as one of the best teams in the AFC and a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and going back to last year, it did feel like, even though you know Green Bay stepped up and paid him what he wanted, it did feel like he was just kind of going through the motions at times. And that I get the sense that he will be reinvigorated with this challenge more so than just going about another season in Green Bay. I know that kind of sounds weird for a guy nope. that spent 18 seasons in the same spot, but I in the AFC with the the going through all the competition there, championship or bust is lofty, but he's the type of guy that can actually play to that level. Well, look, I, I totally agree with you that and it, it was eerily reminiscent to me of how Brady's last season played out with the Patriots. And they, they started off that year gangbusters, but Brady was unhappy the whole time. And then the season really turned in the second half and they get bounced in their first playoff game against the, the Titans after losing an important game, seven uh, week 17 game against the Dolphins at home, which could have given them a first round bye. It was just like you had the feeling all along, like this marriage is it's over and they're sort of going through the motions. And that's how I felt watching Rodgers last year with the Packers. And now look, can Aaron Rodgers do what Tom Brady did? And that's be reinvigorated by the challenge and then go, hey, I'm going to show all you people in Green Bay who doubted me or all those people that think I'm washed. I'm going to go show you by winning in a place that hasn't won very often uh, and certainly hasn't had a quarterback of this caliber uh, maybe ever. I guess we, uh, Joe Namath, are we going to go back that far? Maybe we are. Yeah, we have to really, you know, and it, number 12 is uh, is not on the back of Aaron Rodgers because of Broadway Joe. Um, the other thing too, I think we'll know pretty early on the answer to the question that you and I were just discussing because he wasn't really visible during off-season activities in Green Bay. And I wonder if he will be here just to prove a point, send a message to the locker room. I don't know if he's that guy and he certainly beats to his own drum, but I mean, it sounds like if you just FaceTime the guy, he'll answer the phone. <laughs> that that story, that's another story for another day, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this. I think there are people that I've talked to with the Jets that believe he is going to be around. Now, whether okay. he's going to be around for the entire thing or if he's going to pick and choose his spots, hey, something is better than nothing. And again, he, he's been in a place where everything was built around him and not that the Jets aren't going to build their offense around him, but he's got to learn some of these guys versus I think the other way around where it was like, Hey, this is my domain in Green Bay. This is my offense. You who comes in here, you have to learn me. And look, Garrett Wilson, those guys are going to have to learn Aaron. But there's also part of the the other side here where now I think Aaron's got to come in there and show them, like, I'm willing to figure out what you do best and how we make that work. I mean, if if that's the kind of player that, that we believe he is, that the Jets certainly believe he is by giving up what they gave up and sort of building their hopes around him, then then that's what he's got to do. Mike Girardi with us, uh, longtime NFL reporter and analyst. Look, I, I realize what they gave up is draft currency now and in the future, but they the Jets still have a first and a second round pick, and they can still you know add more pieces to this overall puzzle. They're not in such a bad spot that I think going into the offseason, I thought it would have cost them certain pieces where they wouldn't be able to you know bring in a first round talent. Turns out that it turns into a first rounder if he plays sixty five percent or more of the of the plays next season. But I mean, to me, that's a bargain if you're going to go out and win to the level that they feel like they can. Yeah, look, I I heard the debate that the Jets gave up way too much. Like I've heard all that conversation, and to me, this goes back to the previous conversation, the previous question about when was the last time they had a quarterback? Right. They they haven't had one. And with what they built there and the draft that they had last year, just go back and look at the draft and the, 
the, the impact players they got in Sauce and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall is coming back from the knee injury, and they like Jermaine Johnson who they got in the first round as an edge rusher. Like, they had pieces in place. So if this is draft, maybe you or, – or next draft, you don't get as much draft capital as you like or you're surrendering a first-round pick next year because he plays 65% of the snaps. Well, if he plays well, then it's well worth it because then you've sort of – you've done what you believe you can do, and that's being the conversation to win the whole damn thing. So to me, like – I don't, I don't, what should I have given up like a second? Like that deal wasn't going to get done. It just wasn't going to happen. I know people keep pointing to Green Bay had no leverage that that they had to get rid of Rodgers. He didn't want to play there anymore. Well, they weren't going to make $60 million sit on the bench. So it was going to be uncomfortable for all sides. Like I, I, it's a good deal for both teams as far as I'm concerned. And I think both sides have handled it well uh, in the yep. public eye too, where no one feels like they were, you know, they're facing the mud. And eventually we'll see Rodgers back in a retirement ceremony and he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Packers Hall of Fame soon enough. Uh, Mike Girardi with us talking uh, NFL draft headlines and much more on OutKick. Mike, Bryce Young's number one tomorrow night, right? I think it, unless we're shocked and somehow Will Levis goes number one, I, I think it's Bryce Young. What are the, yeah, I would be surprised. What's yeah, I would Houston, be surprised if it's not Bryce. What's Houston doing it to? Are you buying? <laughs> is this all a smokescreen in – why smoke screen it if you know you're going to have your pick of the quarterback after Bryce Young? I don't get all of the debate in Houston if, in fact, oh, they're really drafting quarterback. Don't hear and listen to all of the talk about defense. Well, I, I believe that there's some dysfunction that remains with the, the tiers, with ownership, which I think got reinvolved here, um, not only with the coaching hiring, because obviously the last previous, the couple prior to hadn't gone that well, but I think now there's more hands-on in the draft process. And I think because of the outcry about what you're not going to draft a quarterback, I think the owner re-engaged and wants them to draft a quarterback. Now, whether they can talk him off that ledge, I don't know. I just know from the people that I talk to that they have players rated higher than, than whoever the second quarterback is. If it's Will Levis, in fact, which many people believe Levis is the top quarterback on their board, they have several players rated higher. When you're them and you're not, um, you're, you're still, you're not even a year away. You're a year away from being a year away. I, I say get all the good players you can. And that means take the highest rated guy on your board. I don't think you can, you can go wrong there, especially if your grades on the quarterbacks are lower. I just, you look at next year's class with Williams and May, and I'm sure there'll be a couple other guys that merge that you're probably not going to be good again this year. And you put yourself back in that conversation with two first round picks because they still have the haul from Cleveland coming in for Deshaun Watson that you could get up into the top five and find one of those guys that, in fact, you don't finish in the top five on your own. So, I mean, and if they don't go QB, the whole discussion about Jimmy G, because I didn't buy it, but that makes more sense now if they were trying to just go with the veteran to hold a, uh, hold a spot for a year because they didn't re really like this quarterback crop. What, what has happened, Mike, with those around the league you've talked with? Why are they not as high on C.J. Stroud as everyone else seems to be? The consensus that has watched him play for the last two years in Columbus and the quarterback that we watched face Georgia, why is it not translating to hype right now on the day before the NFL draft? I think there's a few things at play, and some of it I think is, ends up getting blown up by us in the media. You know, like one story becomes two, becomes four, becomes, and it goes on and on, and all of a sudden, where C.J. Stroud was a month ago, in the media's eye, he's come down further than that. I don't know that I'm getting the sense that he's a guy who falls out of the top 10, um, but he's a different kind of dude. And I think if you talk to people, and I don't say that like it's a bad thing, but you know, I think everybody 
who's drafting a quarterback wants the quarterback to be the certain kind of guy, the swag, the it factor, and all those things. And I think there's some questions about his it factor. I think people are also having a hard time sort of making the leap from what Ohio State did with the people that he had around him two years ago in particular with Wilson, JSN, Alave, and now Harrison as well. And then this year, um, Harrison obviously at a different level, and they have a couple other guys that are going to be in first-round draft picks as well. And, and the O-line. Like, and the O-line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stacked. So I think some people are saying, well, look at the history of Ohio State quarterbacks. And, you know, is this just another guy that we're getting fooled by because he played with guys that are probably going to be better than most of the guys he ends up playing with on Sundays. I think that's part of it, too. And then you've got this S2 test, which has become all the rage here. And I think some of that's being overblown because, you know, Purdy was awesome at the S test, S2 test. And now all of a sudden, like, everybody has to be awesome at it. You talk to certain people and they say, look, man, the thing's been around for four or five years. Like, we don't have definitive. I can't go back and look at it and say, oh, 20 years ago, you know, Donovan McNabb killed it on the S2 test. And then he had this great career. But Tim Couch was terrible. And then look what happened. No, we don't, we don't have that info yet. So Mac Jones did awesome on the S2 test. And I don't think the Patriots are all that happy with Mac Jones. So, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see what that stacks up to be. But I still expect Stroud is a top 10 guy. And it wouldn't surprise me if the floor is maybe seven with the Raiders. What is the feel you have for Anthony Richardson? Someone that we barely even saw play. His first 200-yard passing game came last season against uh, the Tennessee Vols when he was starting for the Gators. I, I just When you look at like his trajectory and how fast he's flown up to first-round status, my question would be, which team has the luxury of allowing him to develop? Because I don't think he's ready to jump in and start. No, Seattle would be the logical fit, right? With the two picks that they have in the top 20, one, you know, the fifth overall, they have Geno Smith, but it's a deal they can get out of essentially after two years. And even if they wanted to pull the plug after one and not get completely crushed by it, that would be a great fit if that's in fact what they want to do. I I don't know that that's what they want to do yet. I, I look at this and say, Richardson is someone that I've talked to. I know of at least three teams that I've talked to, and I don't talk to all 32, but I talk to a bunch. I know at least three teams don't have a first round grade on. So that'll just kind of tell you how wide the spectrum swings where, you know, there are some people that think, you know, he could go four to, to Indy. There's some people that think that maybe three is a trade up spot with Arizona and someone might jump in there to grab him. And then there's other teams that are like, I wouldn't pick him in the first round. There's, there's no, there's nothing really there other than unbelievable athleticism and talent. We know the talent is here, but production wise, doesn't meet the talent and that's usually where guys by the way in the second round go right they're they're guys that have unbelievable talent but for whatever reason they haven't consistently put it together at the college level and some team says hey you know patriots rob gronkowski that always comes to mind like he had the back injury you know if he's healthy he's going to be productive but he's not going to go in the first round i think we see guys like that all the time where there's some sort of question and that's where they, they end up in the second round i think richardson would be a prime candidate in normal years maybe to be in the second round but you just feel like some of the momentum, even though it's cooled a little bit, still puts him in the first round somewhere. Mike Girardi with us on Outkick's Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. The prospect not getting enough attention is who? I think there's a bunch of them. I, you know, Branch from Alabama, I tweeted about him this morning, you know, safety slash slot corner, um, sort of as clean a prospect as there, as there is defensively. You know, you'll kind of look at some of the guys up at the top and Jalen Carter, most people would say, is probably the best player in the draft, but there's obviously a ton of baggage there. Branch is just a really good football player. Um, at a, I think 
slot has become a really important. It's a starting position in the league, right? Has been for the last 10 years or so. And people think that's where he's going to fit. And he's going to be a really good player there. To me, he's a clean guy. The, the, everything that he does, he's going to be a special teams guy. He's physical. He tackles well. He covers. I mean, it, it, he can obviously play safety. I think that's some teams might put him back there, but it generally seems to be like he's going to be a, a nickel corner. To me, he's just like, that's, that's a home run pick. Like, well, I shouldn't say a home run pick. That's a double of the gap, right? Every time. Like, he's going to be good. Is he great? I don't know. But I know if I draft him, he's probably going to be on my team for a long time and he's going to be a good player for a long time. So he's someone to me that kind of jumps out and says, like, doesn't get enough buzz. And he probably should because he's that good of a football player. It's a great example, though, of in a draft where it seems like the consensus is that eh, first round grades, there may be 17 to 18 of these guys. Then that may be high. I mean, I've heard this, as low as 12, by oh, the way. Okay. Some have 12. That's if that's if that's nice. the case, this is a guy that is a great example of who you would want to draft in the first round because of what you're saying. Plug and play. And he's a second and third contract type of guy. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's it's sort of I make the same case on offense, right, with Bijan Robinson, who again, like yeah. some people say he's the best player in the draft. He's certainly a top five or six player for me in the draft, but he plays a devalued position, but he's squeaky clean. Like the kid's just he's a good player. He's he's gonna be he's gonna impact your team, he's gonna help you win games. The question is, how high do you want to draft this guy? Like to me, you know, I I still look at Philly at 10 as like, that would be an unbelievable spot, right? The team is loaded in all these different spots. Uh, he comes in there. They run that six-back offense a little bit. Like, the, the, he would be an awesome fit there. And a team that already is rich with talent uh, and with skill position talent could just get that much better with someone like him. But to me, I, even though Robinson has a higher ceiling than Branch does, it's the same kind of comparison. Like, that guy just, I don't care where you put him, he's going to be good. And he's going to be good for a decent amount of time in this league. Mike, which team do you see as the biggest wild card tomorrow night? Well, I mean, Seattle could be for me just because do they take a quarterback there? That's interesting. I think Tennessee has done both the explore trading back because they just, it's clear this is a reset year for them yep. from the cap perspective, from a roster perspective. But also, is there somebody, is there a quarterback that we love that starts to slip a little bit? And could we jump up? and pounce on them. So that's a team at 11 where, again, we start to get to, that's the end of your first round grades for some teams. Like that's a spot that I think is easily sort of movable one way or the other. And it's interesting to me because, you know, spent a third rounder, which is still to me a roll of the dice on a quarterback in Willis last year, clearly wasn't ready to play. And I think anybody who paid attention to his college tape and sort of the process, even though at some points he was the 10th pick in the draft, according to some people, like, it was going to take a while and maybe he still can find his way, but he was clearly, again, I use the line. He was a year away from being a year away. Well, Willis was a guy last year who was a year away from being a year away and he might still be another year beyond that. How, how high could Hendon Hooker be drafted in this? He's an interesting one, right? Because you're basically punting on the year and he's older. So you get that whole factor. Like, well, do I want to draft? Well, look, if you believe he's a franchise quarterback, if you believe he can be your starting quarterback and a, and a good one. And I know, there are some people that think he is the second or third best quarterback in this group, then why wouldn't you do it? I don't really care about the age. I mean, the quarterback position is pretty well protected now in this league, and it's probably only you get more so as we go along. So, like, if I can, if you can say to me, Mike, you can get Hendon Hooker for eight to 10 years as a number one quarterback in a top, whatever, 12, 13 guy in the league, then I, I would sign up for that. I don't think that he makes it out of the first round. I know 
Minnesota's done a ton of work on him. There's also teams that higher up have done work on him. So he's another interesting piece because look, if he goes earlier, if he goes 12, if he goes somewhere in that range, like that changes again for a lot of teams in the back about how things play out. And maybe one of those guys that was a fringe, um, you're, you know, you're at the end of your board there in the first round, all of a sudden now he's in 15, 16, and then you can see some movement as well there. After the quarterbacks, just looking at the potential trade options we could see, maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's uh, uh, Friday. Are we going yeah. to see DeAndre Hopkins moved? And is there a surprise trade? I don't know if we would put Trey Lance in the surprise trade category, but we can mention him here. What about Mac Jones in New England? There were trade rumors early on this offseason. How aggressive could New England be? I think New England could be aggressive because I think that the relationship between owner and coach is not great, and the coach is older. And I think while they'd love for him to break the Don Shula win record as a Patriot, I don't know that they have much tolerance for another losing season. And it's been two of the last three, and they haven't won a playoff game in four years. And the one playoff game they got in two years ago, they got beat by about 40 points by the Bills, right? Uh, just an absolute ass whooping. So I, th there's definitely some friction there. And that makes me wonder, instead of doing the Bill, let's just trade back. Let's accumulate more picks. Let's have more throws at the dartboard. Maybe now is the time where you say, we have that guy seventh on our board. They want to move out. He's all of a sudden there at nine. We can go up and get him. I don't really give a damn about next year's draft picks because I might not be here. Let's go get the player that we think can make an impact. So I think they're definitely a team to watch. Um, the Trey Lance thing, look, San Fran put a for sale sign. They're begging someone to take him. They're not going to get a first. I don't even know if they'd get a second for him, maybe a later round second for somebody. Um, because he just can't stay on the field. And we, yeah, I mean, who knows what he is? We, nobody has any idea at this point. I do know that the idea of Kyle Shanahan walking away from a quarterback after just two years and saying, I'll go with the guy that blew out his UCL, and I'm not even sure he's going to be ready for week one, that would make me sort of raise my eyebrow about what they think internally about Trey Lance. Um, but yeah. I, I, look, I think someone will buy on him if they can get him for a good price. But if you're thinking about a first-round pick, Forget about that. That's crazy. Um, what's the last one you asked me about? Well, yeah. third team, and yeah, not, not not even a third team. I just wonder if there's a surprise. Oh, oh DeAndre oh, Hopkins. I, yeah, yeah, Hopkins. yeah, yeah. Excellent point. I, I mean, look, I they want to get rid of Hopkins. Uh, Hopkins has made some noise that he wouldn't really redo his contract for many people. So that I think is the big question for whoever wants to acquire him. There's been a ton of noise between he and the Bills, right? Von Miller's been blinking at him and he's been blinking back and there's all kinds of different things about, about bringing him on board, uh, but they can't do it at that number. So if he really wants to be a Buffalo Bill, if he really wants to get out of um, what has been a sort of hellacious scenario and situation in, in Arizona, he's going to have to, he's going to have to tweak his money. Uh, and probably tweak it in a major way. So that'll be that'll be interesting because I do believe like there'll be plenty of teams that call about Hopkins. It's whether or not Hopkins wants to go there and he's willing to do what it takes to go there. Or do you just want to make all your money and be on a bad football team? I guess, you know, he, he could do yeah. that too if he wants. I wouldn't begrudge him. You know, like if that's what you want, if you want all the money, take all the money. But if you want to win a ring, then you're going to have to do something about your contract. Well, and for the sake of this conversation, we should throw Tannehill in the mix. If they If Titans go quarterback, Tannehill's available. And they want to yeah. dump that salary for sure. It's a big cap hit. But again, teams will be aggressive if they don't get what they want or who they want in the draft. And then finally, are we about, do, we, do you think we sit here on Monday feeling the exact same way we do about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Or do we think we have some type of news this weekend one way or the other? 
I mean, isn't it? Look, look, I think it says a bunch of different things. And I know collusion has been thrown around and that whole thing. I think it, it goes to show you, though, that there are a bunch of teams, a majority of teams that were in the quarterback market that don't think he's a top five quarterback. And maybe part of that is because of the injury history the last couple of years. Um, maybe part of it is like, look, maybe we do see him as a top five guy. However, we got to give up the draft capital and then we got to pay him all that guaranteed money. There's still questions about what kind of money does he really want? You know, like the whole notion, well, I, you know, I know there's been some pushback from, well, he, he doesn't really have a camp, but what little information is leaked out is like, oh, he doesn't necessarily want a fully guaranteed deal. Yet then in the same breath, you're told, well, he wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson. Well, then what the hell does it matter? You want $240 million guaranteed. So I can give you a 10-year contract, but as long as $240 million guaranteed, then that's all that matters. Like, it's he's basically saying the same thing. I want more money than Deshaun Watson. I deserve more money. I wouldn't disagree with him, by the way. He does deserve more money than Deshaun Watson, but that contract is proving to be an outlaw for a bunch of different reasons and I don't think that Baltimore is going to budge on that and I don't think anybody else in the league is either Mike Girardi has been our guest always great work uh, covering the NFL he'll be doing that uh, you can follow him on social just at his name it's that simple at Mike Girardi great to have you on man hopefully we can do this again soon and, and thanks for the insight today appreciate you yeah man there's uh, Mike Girardi there a great chat there um, and Always enjoyed him on uh, NFL Network. Best of luck with uh, all of the things he'll have uh, coming up for him covering the NFL. We have headlines in about 15 minutes or so. We will also dive into the teams that are going to be in control of the first round tomorrow night. But before all of that, we air our top grievance of the week. Primary complaint is next on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers, quote, this is not a one and done in my mind. This is a commitment, end quote. That from number eight, Aaron Rodgers, who says he's not a savior, but he's here to help the Jets win a Super Bowl. Also, in regards to the, the quote from Zach Wilson saying that he was going to make any veteran's life hell who came in to compete for the job, Aaron Rodgers says, he's going to make my life hell in practice and I'm going to make his life heaven off the field. Who is this guy? Aaron Rodgers in Gang Green. Different uh, view on practice and guys behind the scenes. For the record, Wilson did grow up a huge fan of Rodgers, and they've become close over the last two or three years, according to reports. We've got more headlines uh, headed your way in a little over five minutes from now. Shannon Terry from On3 will be in studio with us where we'll discuss the litany of players on the way out at Colorado entering the transfer portal. Deion Sanders saying that you know, he's taking out the trash. I'm not quoting him there, but that's basically what he's saying. Uh, we'll get Shannon's uh, take on that and much more. But before we do all that, it is time for Primary Complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. Complaints. 
You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, the refusal to make a slow process fast. And it takes investment. It takes a work ethic. But a line to get popcorn in a movie theater nowadays... Uh, it doesn't have to be a line. Just the slow process of someone trying to fill the bucket of popcorn for you takes way too long. Gas station attendant, where sometimes I have to go in and like hand my card now instead of being able to swipe it at the pump for them to just go through that process. Way too much time. I realize not everyone can be Augusta National Golf Club. Not everyone can be Chick-fil-A. But meet me halfway on the expectation of just letting me go about my day without getting pissed off in the process. That's my primary complaint. How do you handle the popcorn at the movie theater? Like you get the straw, like stick that down and then like pour the butter through the straw. Have you seen that process? I haven't done that. Um, I don't like butter on my popcorn though, Davey. Um, huh. Believe it or not. Any, like salt? You put extra salt on there? Not, not a salt guy either. Huh. Not a salt guy either. Um, in fact, I, I think that little station down there is so disgusting with all the... I'm just staying away. Yeah. It's not a bad. I'll let you go. I want to go. Yeah, I'll let you go and, and show me how. It's I'm done. honestly trying to think of the last time I bought popcorn at the theater. I, I am the guy that just sneaks stuff in. Like I'm not going to pay the price. I'm like, eh, it's twenty dollars for a ticket alone. Or you I'm, go on Tuesdays. Tuesdays it's like half off. Oh, I need to. I need to get the spot for that. <laughs> like um, a day. That'd night. be good. Hey, uh, so my primary complaint is people keep recommending to take cold showers, and they'll like cite health reasons for it. So I kind of like decided to look that up and see what we were dealing with there. Okay. Uh, for one, they said, well, it increases endorphins. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If I wanted help in the fight against my depression, I would actually take my Citalopram like I'm supposed to. But no, I'm not going to give in. They also said it helps with circulation. Well, guess what, people? I have Raynaud's. I think we got a picture here. This is my hand. This is what Raynaud's does. The circulation in like my fingers and my toes, it just, for whatever reasons, it's genetic. It, it will get to the point to where it just turns like as if it's a cadaver hand and, or cadaver. Yeah. Uh, but, your, your hand looks like uh, it's on the body farm in Knoxville. Yeah. So it's one of those things where cold weather, I do not do well. So I'm not going to be taking <laughs> part in the showers because that, the last one they did say it could limit colds and flus. I'm, I'm kind of battling something right now. So it's like this one good point. But it, does, it. but it doesn't counteract against the other two. So... Uh, for that reason, I'm out. So, uh, but yeah, that's my primary complaint. No cold showers for me, man. Can't do it. Even though you know the the cold tubs, can't do it. Pass. Good, good for rehab, Hard I guess. Pass. If you can't tell, I don't work out either. Davey does. Now that's why he's considering <laughs> the the cold shower. We've got headlines when we return, including what's going on with Dion, and who controls the first round of the draft. Several teams. We'll tell you why. 